Bulls to make it 28 to 3. Arthur Blank loving it. Up by 25. Tossed away. Alright, welcome to another episode of the 28 to 3 podcast. I'm Max. I'm here with Nick today. Corey's still in Greece. He'll be back next week. Corey, we miss you. So on today's episode, we're going to do a little State of the Saints address. Uh, we'll talk about a few topics and uh, give our thoughts on things moving in, into the off season as we are uh, getting closer and closer each day. I know the first thing we want to talk about is Derek Carr's contract kind of where it stands with the rest of the, the quarterback contracts in the NFL, and I guess just give a better breakdown of um, how it shapes up. So, Nick, why don't you go ahead and take it away? Yeah, I think um, the reason we wanted to do this kind of special episode is there's been a lot of, not a lot, but a few very big topics all year for Saints fans. One being DA, obviously. You can put Carmichael in that bucket or his own bucket because – for the first half of the season, he was a huge target. Carr's been a huge target, and Olave on both sides of the fence has been a huge target. So the, I think there's four main things we want to talk about and how this looks going forward and where we're sitting today with still a chance to make the playoffs. Um, you know, probably underperformed, I think, in most of our minds across the board. But with Carr specifically, I think it's important – for us to understand exactly where he stands kind of in the hierarchy because there's been so much uh, said about the size of the contract and things like that. Um, you know, it's a $150 million deal. It was four years. It's 37 and a half average year. Um, basically, Loomis gave the Saints a out after year two, assuming we don't restructure him. But Max will get into that. that that's almost inevitable, unfortunately because of our salary cap situation we're boxed in and we're probably going to have to restructure him which may commit us to a third year at, at least but as it stands um based on average contract he was paid and he signed this year uh, most of these guys did not um he was the 13th highest paid quarterback in the league signing his contract this year meaning that's the highest your contract average will ever be is the year you sign it because the salary cap goes up, which it did this year. I think it's over $240 million projected. Max can probably tell you for sure. Um, so as that goes up, the percentage you spend on a quarterback goes up. So every year, the, even for the mid-level guys, that number goes up. So of those quarterbacks that are currently paid more than, uh, more than Derek, most of them, we would agree, deserve it. But there's also some outliers in here that, that would probably shock some people. You've got Mahomes, Burrow, Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, uh, Jalen Hurts, um, Dak, Stafford, Rodgers. I think pretty universally everyone believes should be making significantly more than Derek Carr, and they are. Um, Rod, uh, Stafford, since he's at the back end of his deal, is a little bit closer. I think he's only making $3 million more than him, but he's at the end of his contract, and I think he has to re-up next year, and you can bet that number's going higher. Um, then you have Russell Wilson making significantly more, Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson, and Daniel Jones, all making well more than Carr. I think even the biggest Carr hater c could agree that 
the performance of Russ Watson and Daniel Jones, that's probably what we're getting. Uh, maybe even better than a couple of those guys, but you definitely wouldn't say those guys are better. And they're all making significantly more money. Deshaun Watson makes nine million more a year. Kyler makes nine million more a year. Russ makes ten, eleven million more a year. It, we're talking about a lot of money um, more that those guys are making. Then you get to the other part of the league that these, some of these guys are making, all of these guys are making less than Carr this year, but next year I believe all of these guys will be making more than Derek Carr. And, you know, there's a couple debatable ones. One is Cousins. Cousin made this year $2 million less than Carr, but it's the last year of his deal. So he's going to re-up. There's no doubt wherever he goes, it's probably going to be a short deal, but it's going to be well more money than, than Carr's making per year. Uh, I would say Cousins probably looking at a three-year, $130, $140 million contract, something in the low 40s. Um, which would put him about three to five million more than Carr a year. I, I think that's almost a guarantee. Two is going to get the big deal. They have to. He's going to get the 45, 50 million a year. There's no doubt about it. He'll be making 10 to 15. And wherever you stand on Tua, yep, he's definitely played better than Carr this year, no doubt about it. So no harm. They're spending 10 million more a year to have him rather than Derek Carr. Totally understandable. Um, this one's two years out, most likely, but they can re sign him next year. Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy, Purdy's going to get paid. Um, there's a big debate about him out there. You know, you're on one side or the other. I happen to be on the side that I think he's a legitimate player. Um, he's proved it this year. He's throwing down, down the field, but he has the most perfect situation in the NFL. He's got a dominant defense. He's got the best running back in the league. He's got two dynamic receivers and a top three tight end. The guy and a great offensive line, maybe the best offensive line in the league. He has the perfect situation. So, We'll have to fast forward three years or so to see if he can carry a team once the uh, once the salary cap clears and, and he's taking up a lot of it, but we'll see. Justin Fields is a big one. Um, this He is due the fifth-year option they have to decide on, correct? Yeah, I believe so. So chances are, uh, I would assume, I don't know how they'll play that because the, the, you know, the, the, the belief is, and I think Max is, believes this as well, is that they're going to trade him um, in order to use that first pick on a new quarterback, presumably Caleb Williams. If they do, where does that leave Fields going to another team? If he's going to be traded, they're going to have to sign him to a d- new deal. There's no way they're going to give up big assets and not sign him. Um, so you can probably expect that contract to be at least in the Derrick range, probably more because of his age and his skill set. Well, and go, to go ahead and say this, uh, Justin Fields, this is actually the fourth year of his contract that he's going to be going into. So they still have – any team that would acquire him would have the fifth-year option as well. So you would have two affordable but years. But they have to decide on that before the season, correct? Right, right. Now, I would assume if you're giving up draft capital for Fields, you're probably going to go ahead and pick up the option. You know, it, what, What's the due date on that as compared to the draft? It should be before the draft. So the Bears have to decide whether to pick it up probably before trading him well they could the bears could technically agree to a trade and process it on the first day of the uh the league year kind of like the rams did with stafford when they traded for him right. um who's the other one that it happened but the fifth year option would have to be decided by them yeah yeah so it, it gets interesting but i think all of us are leaning they sitting on the number one pick from carolina in one of the most you know insane trades in recent history it's almost like the cowboys and the vikings trade yeah uh, from the Herschel Walker days, and you get like Michael Irvin, Troy Aikman. I mean, they just in those two drafts with um, 
Aikman, Irvin, and then Emmett Smith the year after. I think they were in three successive years. I think two of them came from that trade directly. I don't remember exactly. But that, that trade put them into three-time Super Bowl champs. Actually, correction. So they would have – so this past year, uh, teams had until May 2nd to exercise the fifth-year option on rookies drafted in the first round of the 2020 draft. Fields was first round of 2021. So I'm going to go ahead and assume it will be around May 2nd. So – Right after the draft, possibly during, depending on when the draft falls this year. Okay, so they'll they'll have so that made that decision. Things, yeah. They'll be talking with the team they're trading it to. They'll probably exercise the option for him, so he won't get paid this year, most likely. But as soon as he goes to another team, it's a high likelihood they would restructure and give him a long term deal. Yeah, you would think. Well, they're going to pick up the option if nothing else. Right. After him, we got Jared Goff. He's getting paid more than Carr. You can mark it down. They are going to keep him, in my opinion. Do you think he gets more? Yes, he's already he's already making thirty four. There's no way he's going backwards. It's going up. Uh, it's over forty for sure. David, yeah, you, you know you're probably right. It's just it's 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 kind of crazy because they're they're essentially the same kind of player in that they're you know middle of the pack. If I they're agree. surrounded by great pieces, they can they can perform pretty well. They'll get you to the playoffs if surrounded by great pieces. Right. That's the whole point of this, though. That's yeah. what it costs for that guy now. I mean, Daniel Jones got forty million last year, so. You think Goff's taking less than Daniel Jones? No way in hell. His yeah. agent will not allow that. And there would be a suitor for, what is he, 28, 29? Which is wild because it feels like he's been in the league for like 20 years. Someone will give him $45 million if they let him hit the open market. Yeah. That will happen. Uh, Jordan Love is on the fifth-year option. He's going to be re-signed. He just threw 30 touchdowns. He's 26 years old. Yeah, he's young. He's very young. So... Right, he's going into his fifth-year option year. Oh no, this is his fifth-year. No, option this year. is his fifth-year right. option. So they year. have to sign him. Guaranteed, he's getting more than Derek Carr by a good margin. Yeah, he is on a one-year, uh, twenty-two million-dollar contract right, right. now. So, so you can mark it down: two hundred million-dollar contract for Love. There's no way it's not happening. They won't walk away from him after a thirty-touchdown, nine TD season in his first season. There's no way they're walking away from that. He's getting paid. It will be more than Daniel Jones, which puts him five to ten million more than Carr. Trevor Lawrence. Okay, he's not in his fifth year. That's next year for him. So he's gonna his agent's gonna be looking for a contract this offseason. There is no way they're walking away from him. That's gonna be a forty plus million dollar deal. The one wild card, I think, and uh is Baker Mayfield. He's obviously on a one year deal. He took no money to go to Tampa. How good of a selling job did he do to Tampa? Um I think his open market is probably a little bit below what Derek's was last year. But that doesn't mean a team doesn't... You think it's below? I don't know if he gets, on the open market, gets 37.5. I think he would get 37.5 from the Bucs if they bought in. So I could see a four-year 160 for Baker from the Bucs. Um, Open market, I just don't think he's as well-liked as you think he is. well, I, I'm looking at it from a standpoint of if he leads them, and this obviously we're recording this a couple of days before the uh, the Saints-Falcons game. If he leads the Bucks to a division title and they go to the playoffs, I mean, God, you got to think he's, it's worth more than the guy who was sent home, Russell Wilson style. He was, you know, the first one to be sent home because the team didn't want to have to be on the hook for the injury guarantee. So, My opinion in that is I would I would wager pretty heavily – that those two guys hit in the open market, that Russ gets more money than Baker. That's my opinion. Oh, Russ will, I think. Yeah, but I, um, I'm just wondering if he gets more than Carr. More than 37. It's it's going to be a 
it's close. I, I don't know. I think it's a similar story. Um, except he's on the uptick where his car was on the downtick. Right, but, five years younger, so. But way more baggage, way way less liked, I think. In, in, I'm talking about by managements right, across right. the league. I'm not talking about people or, or play or anything. I'm just saying no one wanted him this year. Let's not forget that. No one wanted him. He had to take a minimum deal just for a chance to start. No one was offering him a starting job. So did he do enough this year to launch into like, hey, I think we can win with Baker? Or is he that veteran you bring in and you draft somebody? I, I don't know. It's, it's a wide open. I think his best chance is Tampa being like, you know what? That went well. And we're going we're gonna to commit to him for three to four years and see what we have. And like a similar contract card where after two years they could get out. I, I could see that 100%. Yeah, I, I think that's where it goes. I think there's no way he, he signs with anyone other than Tampa. You know, from all, from all accounts, it seems like they, it was a good fit. Um, you know. So what, the, the basis, basis of this is to show you where we've paid Derek Carr because right. everyone's pissed about the money, and I get it. But after this offseason, if Baker makes more than Carr, if he, if he goes $38 million a year instead of $37.5, Carr would be the 22nd highest paid quarterback in the league. That is not a bad contract, guys. It's yeah. not. It is what it is what you are getting for that price. Um, so it is a lot of money. I totally get it. That's what it costs to have any quarterback now. It's a shame that the quarterbacks get that much more than everybody else. It is what it is. They get that portion of the cap. Carr next year at the 37.5 average would only make up roughly one-eighth of our cap. That gives you a lot of flexibility in the cap. You have 21 teams committing more resources to quarterbacks. And I make the argument of like, I think there's only six of those guys that actually make that money worth it. How many of them are the dynamic game changer? How many Mahomes and Burroughs and, and Lamar Jack? I mean, even Justin Herbert, who I love, has a losing record as a starter. So who's really moving the needle for that type of money? There's not many. There's like five or six guys. Yeah, you're right about that. And and honestly, this exercise does really put it into perspective that Carr isn't. I mean, his contract really isn't out of line or crazy. It's just It just seems like it because the quarterback market, you know, for all these years, Drew Brees, what did Brees top out at, you know, cap figure-wise for a single season? It wasn't... 25, maybe? Yeah, something like that. And look, the guy's only been retired for two or three years at this point. And, you Daniel know, just, Jones is making 40 now. Right. To see the, the way the, the, the salary cap numbers have just exploded for quarterbacks, it, it's, it's, I think it's kind of skewing our, our perspective on the actual contracts themselves. Right. You know, like he touched on, when Daniel Jones is getting a big-ass contract and making more than Drew Brees ever did in a season, you know, that's, I mean, A, there's something wrong with that. But B, it's also a sign of the times that we're in. And it tells you how successful the NFL has been because the cap has just blown up over the last five years. It's gone crazy. So the quarterback being the most position, most important position, you know, and a lot of teams who have no quarterback are willing to overpay for quarterback. I don't think we overpaid. I understand he is not an elite quarterback. That's not the argument we're having here. The contract is not crippling the team. You're getting the player for the price. Okay. Yeah. You, you didn't pay the extreme price and getting a Daniel Jones performance. You're getting the middle player for the middle price. Yeah, you're getting you're getting the mid performance for the mid price. So it's so you need to make it up elsewhere with that extra money and have a better team to support a mid quarterback. Right. Well, um, the problem with that though is we can't make up for it elsewhere because we are just our, our salary cap is just for lack of a better word, it's fucked. Right now. And, so talk you know, about that in, in relation to Carr, since um, you've looked at it pretty heavily. 
what my my biggest when you and I talked about car the thing I like the most is we had an aging roster we go get the best option we had and I don't care what anyone says that year car was the best option yeah we, he was we, we went all in for Deshaun Watson we didn't get him thank God because that's a horrendous contract that's the worst contract in NFL history um and we were about to deal that out and we avoided that we went after car it's give DeMario and Cam and Ramchek and all these guys who've been loyal Saints, give them one more chance with the best option we could get them. Look, it hasn't worked out the way we hoped, but you didn't cripple the franchise either with the, with the cap because we had a two-year out. That was my favorite part about the contract, two-year out. Now explain why now we might not have the two-year out. Right, and that's the biggest thing. You know, right now we're in a good position with the contract, but realistically in about – two or three months, we're going to be in a bad spot with it because they probably will go ahead and renegotiate the contract. Um, you know, I'm looking at the the cap figures for some of our guys right now, and like Cam Jordan next year has a $23 million cap figure, which is outrageous for the level of performance you're getting this year. You know, and you can't – a lot of these contracts, you can't really do anything with them. Like Cam signed his extension. He would have $36 million in dead cap if we were to cut him this offseason. You know, talking about Ryan Ramchak, we touched on his his health issues and how you he know did play okay this year though until he, that. right. I think we can all agree that Cam is is still a good player, but to expect him to have twelve, thirteen sacks is unrealistic. Well, I was talking about Ram. I, I, oh, oh, okay. Well, I mean, look, honestly, it's the same boat. I mean, Ramchak has relative to the rest of the offensive line has been an absolute stud this year, but you know, he's twenty seven million dollar cap figure right now. $32 million in dead money if you were to cut him. And, well, look, there's no guarantee he plays next year. I, I have this, and obviously this is unconfirmed, and this is just more of a, a feeling of what I have on it. I think the guy's going to retire within the next, maybe in two or three months, maybe in a year. I just, this guy is not going to be playing in, in two or three years. So, you know, hopefully, maybe they can talk to him and have him do what Drew Brees did and, when Breeze decided he was going to retire, he went ahead and, and uh, renegotiated his contract, got it down to the uh, league minimum, just so we would have some relief on the on the cap. So hopefully guys like Ramchak and Cam Jordan, where the near is closer closer than uh, you know we thought it would be, hopefully those guys can, can do us a solid on something like that. Because if not, man, it's tough. You know, Alvin Kamara, cap figure, 18 mil this year, dead money, 17 you know, he's basically untouchable this offseason. And I think we can all agree that while he's still a really good player, he's not a he's running not back. He's not an $18 million He's player. not an $18 million running back. And, and honestly, there's really not any $18 million running backs other than McCaffrey. You know, I can't think of anyone else that I would even consider giving that contract to. You know, you and I were both, we were on the, on the same page and saying we didn't like the extension to Kamara. As much as we love Kamara, and he's one of my favorite Saints ever, the running back position, they should be drafting a running back in the mid to late rounds every single year. And when it comes time, you know, someone shows out and they they, uh, they earn that big contract, that's when you trade them. Go pick up a second or a third or, or whatever you can get for them and just continue the process. You know, you can't give those guys big contracts. So just so you know, so like w when we were talking about Carr and he's paid as of next year, it will be 22. As of this year, it's four, 14th, I believe is what it was. Alvin Kamara is the second highest paid running back in the NFL and has been for three straight years. And I absolutely love the guy too, but yeah. he is not earning that contract. 
Cam's two sacks this year is not earning the contract. You're overpaying for the production. And we, everyone who's any listened to any episode knows how much Max and I love Cam Jordan. We're, yeah. we're, we're not knocking him at all. The thing is, the on-field production is not matching what he's getting paid this right. year. And the same for AK, who, again, we love him. But he's making more than the young, you know, than Jonathan Taylor, Nick Chubb, uh, Derek Henry, um, Saquon Barkley, all the younger guys than – well, not Henry, but all the younger guys, new contracts are less than what we gave Kamara four years ago yeah. or three years ago. So that's a rough contract if you're looking at what we're paying people. Um, who's another one? Uh, let's look at McCoy and, um, and Ruiz. Where are their contracts? Well, Ruiz, there's somewhat of a, an out with him pretty soon. It looks like they built in some protection on his contract. You know, and that's another thing to touch on. It's like we, you and I have been very vocal about saying, you know, we want DeMario Davis, we want Cam Jordan to retire as Saints. I'd love AK too. too. I I would love for AK too. Now, under the current setup, there's simply no way that can happen unless something gets renegotiated. But, you know, some of these guys, and then you read on on social media or message boards and all of that, and people are like, well, we can just trade so-and-so. It's not how it works. Right. And it's like the, the, the most irritating one is I see people say, well, we can just trade Derek Carr. First of all, Derek Carr has a no trade clause in his contract. So unless it's, it's a similar situation to what it was with the Raiders, where he is going to dictate where he goes if he goes anywhere else. Um, so that one's pretty much, that one's off the board. So anyone who's saying trade Derek Hardy to get cap space, forget about it. Not going to happen. AK, possibly. You know, now you just brought up Cesar Ruiz, so I'm looking at his contract. If you were to trade Cesar Ruiz in the 2024 offseason – it would be six million in dead cap, four point eight five million in cap savings. So actually, not one of the worst contracts this year or next year. This in twenty twenty four, before twenty twenty four or after twenty four, uh, during the twenty four twenty four off season. Once right now, basically when we right get now. to the off okay. season, That's what I was yeah, um, you know it's more palatable to twenty twenty five because at that point the dead money is only four point five and you would get six point one in cap savings. So you're not. You're actually not upside down on Ruiz after That's this good. year. And he's going to be here next year. I'm not suggesting it because we can't just put five new offensive linemen out there, and there's going to be changes there. So he's going to be here. Uh, so is McCoy. Yeah, and Ramchek's the only one that's in question. Um, you know, and the only reason I bring up Cesar Ruiz and I guess McCoy at this point too is if, you know, you're looking at doing a full-on cap reset and getting everything in order and you want to – kind of start to get some of the uh, the bad contracts off the books. You know, those are some of the guys you would start to look at just from their performance not matching what they were uh, right. what they were given contract-wise. Because they were paid as if they were Pro Bowl-level players, both yeah. of them. They, they ranked in the top 10 the year they signed in the league, both of them, for center and guard. So those were overpays. Right. Well, the whole offensive line at this point, the contracts look awful. Now, if you're looking at McCoy's contract, you can get out of that right now. They could say, I'm sorry, no. This year would be uh, 12.8 in dead money, 900 in savings. So you're, you're upside down there, actually. But if you do the post June 1st, yeah. See, they could they could they could cut bait with McCoy right now if they wanted to. They won't. Again, we're not saying they should, because McCoy probably with Ramcheck situation, McCoy's your best offensive lineman. 
right now, you know, and obviously we need to be fortifying that position, not trying to look to get away from them. Um, one name I think that does make sense, Marshawn Lattimore. You know, from a, from an injury perspective and just what he's getting paid and just if you really do want to get some assets to go up and get get a, uh, a quarterback in the next year or two, I don't think it's going to happen this year. I'll go ahead and say that. I think the, uh, the move in, in this year's draft, you know, you and I have talked about it, offensive linemen, we need to get as many as we can. We need to, to beef up the line with some young talent. But if for whatever reason you were looking to, to make a move up, you know, Lattimore – Lattimore is the player, Lattimore and Olave, and I'm going to get crucified for this, but those are the two that in the next year or two, you have the most value. That's if you're hard resetting, yes. If you're hard resetting. Uh, now, Lattimore, I agree with you, but I would also add that it's an injury move. It's He's actually played to the level of his contract, but keeps getting hurt. Right. And, uh, and look, our depth at that position is amazing. Right. And you're going to have to sign a Debo. A Debo, right. So you have to – and I, I don't want to read too much into it and say it hasn't mattered from a pass defense perspective because it has because when we played the good quarterbacks, they carved up our secondary. Um, Stafford crushed us. Goff in the first half especially crushed us. Um, so I, I don't want to say we've looked the same because if we're being honest about it, we haven't. We've just played a couple bad teams where they've looked really great and then – they shut down Baker, who's played better this year, but they shut him down pretty pretty bad. Um, but the fact is, Adebo's going to make significantly less than Lattimore because his resume isn't what Lattimore's were when we signed him. Uh, he's not a four-time pro bowler like Lattimore. Um, and Lattimore makes almost $20 million a year. So it makes sense to trade. Um, and if you could get anything close to... You won't get a Jalen Ramsey trade, but you could get a one and a three, almost guaranteed, I would think, for a contender. Um, because now he's actually not one of the highest paid corners, even at that number. There's there's six or seven guys who've passed him up, um, some by a lot. Um, so I could see that move making sense in order to sign Adebo, who is younger. And uh, I know he was injured a little bit last year, but relatively not injury prone so far um and then you slide Alante over but I don't think it's next year either I think he's here yeah I, I think you know we probably should have prefaced it with this it's um I think this offseason you're going to see everybody stays they're going to make one more run at it just like they've done the last few years DA is going to be back they're going to say you know what we were close whether we make it to the playoffs or not they're going to say hey we made it or we were damn close to making it to the playoffs and they're going to run it back you know, I don't think you're going to see, barring a surprise, I think most of the, the players will be back for, for another year. I'm looking at 2025 offseason. That's the year that if you, if we fall flat on our faces next year, we don't make the playoffs, you know, that's the point where you got to cut bait with DA. That's the point where you probably got to start looking at getting rid of Carr and you got to get younger and you got to do a reset. And that's where it would make sense to really talk about trading like a McCoy or Ruiz or someone like that if you want to recoup some capital. You know, I mentioned Olave because he is young. He's a really good player. And I know Nick is going to go ahead and give us the uh, the Olave debate, kind of where he ranks in the grand scheme of things with the rest of the receivers in the NFL. But that's someone who you could you could get a first-round pick for Olave. Yeah, now, yeah. I'm not saying we do that. We're not doing it this offseason. I'm talking about in a, after next year, so the 2025 offseason at the earliest, 
before you commit to giving this guy 20, 25, 30 million dollars, whatever the going rate is for wide receivers at that point. Because that to me is a contract I don't want any part of. And I should have, uh, you know, when I had my whole comments about Olave earlier in the season, the Saints should trade him. That's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at in 2025, you know, once you start getting close to the fifth year option and, and giving him that full on contract extension, he's not, he's not the type of player that I'm paying that money to. Right. I liken it to the uh, the Christian Kirk contract that the Jags gave him. Yeah. If, if you pay him at that level, you'll be disappointed. It doesn't mean he's a terrible player. It's just – Yeah, he's a good player. He's a really good player. When you're paying $22, $24, 25000000 million, they have to be able to take over games. And right. he has not shown that. Um, you watch CeeDee Lamb this weekend. Oh, my God. If you watch that, if you watch Tyreek Hill, if you watch – A.J. Brown, If it doesn't mean they go out there and have 100 – Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. There are these guys in the league who can simply just take over a game Yeah. where you're like, oh, that guy can't, can't guard him, so we're going to him 15 times, and yeah. he's going to kill you. He has not proven to be able to do that. And if you give that guy $22, 25000000 million, which may be the asking price, it can severely damage your team Yeah. because, you're not, again, you're not getting the production you're paying for. Um, well, let me say this, like, I, I'm not liking, I'm not saying he is just a similar player to Brandon Cooks at all. He's not. I but what I'm why, but, why do you think he's not? <sighs> what does he do that, like, differently? They're both excellent route runners. They're both small. They're both pretty quick. Fast. Yeah, and maybe no, no, that was that was probably an incorrect statement. They don't break tackles. Yeah, <laughs> this is true. Um, well, maybe I will say I am comparing him to Brandon Cooks, but I think what the Saints did with Cooks is going to be what we end up doing, hopefully, with Olave. In that you realize two or three years into it, this is not the guy I need to be paying a top flight contract to. He's not an elite receiver. He is a very good receiver. Ideally, he's a 1B to somebody else's elite 1A. And I think, you know, I'm hoping that Brandon Cooks is the blueprint for what we end up doing with Olave it, under the current, the current form that he's in. Now, let me say this. If he miraculously turns into Justin Jefferson, obviously you can pay him a contract. But if he continues on his current trajectory, I think Brandon Cooks, that's the template for what you want to do with a with a player like that. You know, get that first round pick back. Get the first round know, pick back. Obviously, it's still a loss in the trade. You know what we gave up versus what we'd get back. But you could probably get a one and a mid back for him because of his age and his skill set is really really good. Yeah, um, it's just you know l- l- let's talk about that real quick because I think. This is another big debate that's been going around. It seems like, you know, a lot of Saints fans have either sided with Olave or Carr for some reason. Like somehow it's one or the other. That's our problem. Right. It, I don't think either is the case. But there's a lot of people who think he's elite as Saints fans right now. So, you know, we were we were looking at, okay, how good is he? It's another 1,000-yard season, which – is really good in the league now, but is it is that it big a deal? Se- 17 games. There's still not a lot. There's still not a ton of people do it. You're going to have about 30 a year that do it, right? So that's an average of one a team. Okay, so agree. Not an incredible feat. I mean, that's 58 yards a game. Right. It's not great, but, you know, 
let's see. How many do we have right now? Right as of, with one game remaining, we have 24 that have hit a thousand already. He's one of them. He's 18th in the league in yards. Okay. Um, there are one, two, three, four, five, six more that are within a hundred yards. So theoretically, you could get 30 on the nose that are a thousand yards. Uh, he'll probably rank somewhere around at the end of the season. He's pretty heavily behind number 16. Uh, so anywhere from 16 to 24 is where he'll end up. Okay. So he'll end up in that not top half in stats. He doesn't score touchdowns. He's got four. Second year in a row, he's got four touchdowns. This is not a game breaker. Okay. We know we can get deep, but he doesn't get deep and finish the play. He gets deep, falls on the ground or, you know, dives, whatever he's doing. Um, so that's not elite in the NFC alone. Just tell me if you wouldn't take any of these guys over Alave. And this is not to disparage him. This is just to show where he sits in the hierarchy of the league right now. Yeah, and before we start this, let's let's go ahead and say we both think he is a really good receiver. This is not at all to sit here and say this guy sucks, but this is a good exercise to play in that would you take him over such and such player? So game show style, feed him to me and I'll say yes or no. C.D. Lamb. I'm taking C.D. Lamb. A.J. Brown. Uh, A.J. Brown. Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup. Puka Nakua. Jesus, right now, Puka. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's going to set the all-time rookie record. Yeah. He has. He only has five touchdowns, so that's a knock on him, too. But uh, he's got 100 catches. He's going to have 1,500 yards. Alave's never touched that in his first two seasons. Yeah. So, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. St. Brown. Debo Samuel. Oh, God, Debo. Brandon Ayuk. Ayuk. DJ Moore. DJ Moore, yeah. Mike Evans. Oh, I mean, Mike Evans, first ballot Hall of Fame, absolutely. He's 13 touchdowns this year. Yeah, yeah lead in the Evans. league, I think, or second in the league. DK Metcalf. Metcalf. Yeah. Um, this is where we're going to start getting a little closer to where we're at. Devonta Smith. Devontae Smith. Ooh. I'm going to say Devontae Smith because he's tough as nails. That one's that one gets close. It gets close. It gets close. Keep in mind, they're, they're both slim, right? Real thin players, but Devonte is one of the toughest motherfuckers in the league. And, um, you know, he was a higher draft pick too. Let's not forget that. Yeah, six you know? pick, I believe. And he's got, um, he's averaged over eighty catches and a thousand yards and uh, seven touchdowns a year. So his production. I'm, I'm, I'm taking Devonte. Okay, I, I did too. I thought it was close. But it's close though. I, I'd take uh, Devonte. Um, after that, I think it gets a little, this is where we really are going to fall. Chris Godwin. Man, Godwin of three years ago, Godwin, but Godwin of today, that's a toss up. I might, that might be the first one I take Olave. Okay. Terry McLaurin. Olave. Would you? Okay. That's a tough one for me. (sighs) That's a borderline. Uh, I mean, he's pro bowler last year, right? Or year before. You know what? Uh, no, give me, give me, give me McLaurin. Okay. Uh, I didn't even mention him because he's been injured, but Justin Jefferson. Oh, well, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Easy money. Then you get into like, um, you know, after that, it's, and this is where I think Olave is ahead of these guys. Um, this is the Drake London's. Oh, Olave. Uh, yeah. Jordan Addison, great rookie. Oh, t- finishes, finishes long catches, ooh. has nine touchdowns this year. I'm taking Addison. That, see, that's a, that's where we're at, guys. That's the 15th guy in the NFC, 
Okay. Jesus Christ. So w- when you start thinking about that, we slammed. Wait a minute. Did you only do NFC guys? That was just NFC. I didn't even get into the Holy AFC. shit. And that, that was 15th right there with Jordan Addison. So y- even if you disagree on a couple of those, there were 12 slam dunks where Max and I didn't hesitate just in the conference. Then you get into the AFC because we didn't count any of these guys. Oh, my God. I didn't even think about that. Okay, where are we at? Tyreek Hill, Amari <laughs> Cooper, Keenan Allen, Jamar Chase, uh, Michael Pittman, Nico Collins, Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, um, Jalen Waddell, um, Garrett Wilson, his Ohio State teammate. Watch Garrett Wilson play. It, 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 that's, it, look, it's, it's, Apple, it's, it's, it's amazing because they're similar sized. Garrett Wilson is a dog. Yeah, he is. He is. And look, he's been with Zach Wilson and what's the other guy? Oh, Jesus Christ. And he has over 1,010 touchdowns, okay? So, and we're not even going down the list in the AFC. I was just making a point on, you know, then you get into Christian Kirk, Calvin Ridley, all these other, you know, players. I'm taking him over Kirk. <laughs> I am too. I am too, especially at 20-something million. But then you got rookie Zay Flowers and, and you've got – I'm taking uh, Flowers over him. Cortland Sutton. You know, ten touchdowns this year. Um, that that's where we're finally into the. It's really, really debatable stretch. Tank Dell ten touchdowns in his rookie season before getting hurt. Um, you know, I, but just for Jesus example, Jesus Christ. So you're easily twenty two to twenty four players before you even think about putting him in the conversation. So like, just understand if you think he's elite, you haven't looked at what elite is. Right. Right. He's very good, and we like him, and. It, you know, where he was drafted, I still say it was a good pick where he's drafted. I do think we gave up too much capital to get there to that pick. That's not his fault. He can only perform as one pick. It has nothing to do with him. That's front office. Um, I think he is performing at his pick spot. Yeah. But he is not an elite receiver in the NFL yet. He's not. Yeah, and honestly, his his skill set, I mean, huh. Look, to me, he's an amazing second wide receiver on a team. If the team, if the team has like an elite, you know, right. he's bona Devontae fide. Smith for the Eagles. He could be. Yeah, there. he's exactly, exactly. When you got AJ Brown across from you, and that's the guy you're going to in crunch time, dude. That's. I think this would open a lot of eyes if people were to think of it this way. I'm glad we're, we're doing this exercise and. Uh, it really, I mean, my God, I, it didn't even dawn on me that you were only rattling off NFC wide receivers at first. And we That's got, fucking crazy. We, we got, got to 15. 15th before we were like, okay, maybe we're there. So, I mean, it's just, it's one of those topics that I think they get runaway trains with fans in that you want to stick up for Alave because you had people supporting Carr kind of dogging Alave. Yeah. We've, we've gotten on both players back and forth. Um, Alave's had some bad performances. You can't dispute it. Carr's had bad performances. You can't dispute that. So understand, you need to understand where you're at. And Max talking about the future two years from now, we're going to fifth-year option him, and if we keep him, we're going to be paying him $20 million on his fifth-year option, I believe. What is it? It's almost 19 or something for yeah, a rookie receiver? Yeah, well, but he's going to get a bigger contract than that. Right. You know, because if he continues to put up 1,000 to 1,100 yards a year. So do you want to be the touchdowns. team that pays that guy $100 million? Fuck no. And no, because he doesn't change the game like the guys who are making that are, but – you know, it, they, they're not just going to pay the top three that money. The top 15, top 20 make that money. But if you've got the 20th guy, 
you made a mistake. Well, it, it's it's a parallel scenario to the quarterbacks that we talked about earlier. You know, where the 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 twentieth, the twenty fifth guys are making you know twenty five, thirty, thirty five million dollars. So it's the same Next situation. Year. You know, all these contracts are ballooning. So I think by the time Olave comes due for his actual extension, that damn thing's going to be thirty. Yeah. Well, Tyreek's already getting thirty, right? So it's already hit there. Isn't it 29? God, something like that? It's just wild, man. So I'm just saying, like, you've really got to think. And like Max said, you, you might just have to reboot after his rookie contract, trade him, get a one back because he's only going to be 25 years old. He'll yeah. be, he'll, someone will think they're a receiver away, and you can get that first-round pick back and reboot. Uh, the, the, to me, the biggest problem is paying elite money to non-elite players. Yeah. And we've well, that's where we've gotten ourselves in trouble right. in the past. Exactly, we think they're elite because they're in the system and they fit you best, and that's true. But you still have to be disciplined in how much you pay these guys. Well, you see, that goes back to self scouting, which the Saints, you know, recently uh, notoriously have not been good at. You know, we just we don't seem to to really look at our, look at our team, look at our players, look at our coaches with a truly you know, uh, non-biased eye and say, hey, these guys aren't performing where they need to perform. It's not good you know, enough, we can right. do better. And the problem is we keep throwing money to these people. We keep, you know, keep these coaches around. And that's tough, man. You know, the reality is, and we've touched on this before, DA is going to be back. And that's the other topic uh, of, of the focus of this looking forward at the Dennis Allen situation and what it's, you know, is he going to be around? Is he not going to be around? I think Max and I both believe he's back next year. So that topic has kind of been, you know, it's been beaten to death, (laughs) right? We've beaten it to death. He's here guys. Let's just move on knowing he's here. I I guess there's still a question mark about Carmichael. Um, You got to think he's gone. I, I, I short of us, like just putting up 60 points on the Falcons this weekend and, you know, winning a playoff game by putting up 40 points. I, I, I don't see any way you can bring him back. You would think they, you know, that's what that's what most organizations do, right? They throw the fans a bone, like we're changing something. That was our problem. When the truth is, the offense and the defense have performed almost identical as far as where they rank in the league. So Dennis is just as much at fault for his side of the ball as Pete is for the offensive side of the ball. And one might say they're going in opposite directions right now. Pete's side has gotten better, while Da's side has, over the course of the season, gotten worse. We started out really well. Um, but I think we all just need to acknowledge that we know DA is coming back. We'll see what happens with the staff. Um, I, I would at a minimum hope for a new offensive line coach. Um, it's not okay that a first round pick can't even get on the field. Um, and it, it's hard for me to believe that you whiffed that heavily on him where he can't even get on the field to see if he can play. Um, so I, at a minimum, I would like to see that. I'm totally fine if they let Carmichael go. Um, but I think we all just have to accept that Dennis Allen is back next year for his third year, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, and I, I honestly think this offseason can be pretty much business as usual as it's been the last few seasons where, you know, we're going to make another run at it. They're going to they're gonna pray that DeMario doesn't fall off a cliff. They're going to pray that Cam still has some production still at him. You know, Honey Badger, all these guys, they're going to say, you know what, let's take one more crack at it. And uh, I think the first real chance for the long-anticipated reboot 
you know, the national media, anyone that covers the salary cap has been predicting our cap reckoning for about 15 years now. And honestly, it hasn't happened. I think, you know, if it's going to happen, it's going to have to happen at some point. Well, I think it's happening. This is what happened, right? You get old and you're still behind on the cap and you have to... Re- I mean, but we haven't had to cut anybody, though. You know, we kept we kept all these guys and they keep giving them more money and pushing it, kicking the can down well, we the road. Let, we let a few go this year, right? Anyamata's not here. Caden Ellis is not here. Trey Henderson's not yeah, here. Yeah, but Caden wasn't paid yet. Anyamata, he only had, a, I think it was a three-year, $27 million contract. So really nothing outlandish. I'm just saying we couldn't... There's no way we didn't... Like, we just didn't want Trey Henderson, right? Um, that one they chose. They chose. Uh, well, they had to because they invested in the draft and two yeah. guys. I get it, but I'm still saying like, you still would have liked to keep them and have a you know a deeper rotation yeah. if you could. And cap is why we didn't keep him and Marcus Williams. That's what it was. It was just cap. We got Marcus. Man, Mace. they could have found a way though. The way they move shit around. I'm not saying that, you know. I mean, they should have found a way, but. I mean, he's all pro again this year. 17 sacks and that's uh, that's one just, of the most colossal. It's huge for nothing. You got nothing in return. Well, look again, self scouting. Yeah, like that's just looking. That's looking at your defensive end room, and just not understanding that the the best guy over the next few years is going to be the one you let go. The best part about that is Cam Jordan kept saying that he was the best guy in the room over and over and over again that last season and pushing him for Pro Bowl. I was like, y'all don't understand. This guy's a beast. He's literally telling everyone. And he still pumps him. Every time he does something for the Bengals, he, he's posting something and talking about it. Yeah. And, and the, it's a shame. But The coaching staff, for whatever reason, just decided not to see it. And colossal, colossal mistake. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing, though, you know, nothing substantial is going to happen. I know people are pining for a quarterback. Jaden Daniels is the, the hot name right now that everybody in, in New Orleans wants to for the Saints to draft. You know, it would be an amazing story. I, I don't see – any way he makes it to wherever we pick and even if he did dude i could see the saints passing on him you know what i mean like they're going to take this approach of hey we were real close you know either we made it to the playoffs or we almost made it we only need one or two more players let's beef up the offensive line or let's get another you know skill position player they're they would not pick a quarterback this year i don't think there's no way da wants to be he, he, he's got to understand this is going into his third year the likelihood of coming back for a fourth year if they don't win is pretty DA slim. DA does not want a quarterback. Yeah. I, I can tell you that. Because, He's riding with Carr. Well, he has to. You know Carr's here, so you get no help out of your first-round pick. He's not going to want that because he's fighting for a job. Why right. would he want that? Exactly. So, um, to me, offensive line, you know, you and I have touched on it a bunch. Offensive line makes the most sense. It's where we need the most help. Yeah. Now, I will say if, you know, who knows what that DA, you know, Ireland-Loomis situation is as far as – the team all I can say is if the front office is in love with the quarterback and he's there I have zero problem with us picking him and t- t- just like they did to um you know in Green Bay Taron Rodgers they were like yeah. look we're in love with Jordan Love we're gonna draft him and everyone's gonna have to deal with it well look their transition looks a lot less painful post Rodgers right now yeah um we don't know how great he's gonna be but he played well. He's a starter. And this was a transition year, and they're 8-8 eight and eight in a year that they thought they would be down. They've got a super young team now. They did it excellent. They've got a young quarterback, a young defense, a good offensive line, good young receivers, four of them that were drafted in the last two years. That team is on the up and up without taking a big step back. They yeah. could make the playoffs this year with a win. So if the quarterback's there and they like him, 
I'm all for it. You've got to always be planning. I didn't like it when Drew Brees was 34 years old and we're drafting Garrett Grayson. I, that made no sense to me. That was wasting picks. Drew right. was going to be here for years to come. Um, but this is different. Derek Carr is not Drew Brees. We know that. So if there's a quarterback you love, if he has to sit for three years because Carr starts playing out of his mind, great. No problem. Yeah, no. And look, that would be the ideal scenario. I just, I don't see any way, I don't see any way it happens. Um, you know, maybe we pick somebody in the second or third or fourth again. You know, I don't know how they feel about Jake Hayner. Um, obviously, he didn't, he didn't play well in the preseason, but, you know, it's first preseason of his career. It's kind of hard to have those expectations on him to go out there and light it up. Um, that being said, I mean, I just – you said it. There's no way D.A. is going to look at this and go, yeah, give me a rookie quarterback. He's going to ride with Carr because he knows a veteran's probably, you know, in his eyes, the best path for him to succeed and keep his job. Um, to me, I think it's more likely, you know, D.A. doesn't make it happen next year and, and we move on for the 2025 season, and that's when you see us – possibly be in a position to to uh, go get a quarterback and they might have actually have to out of necessity for once um that quarterback year I mean right now you probably Quinn Ewers you got to think it's going back after the way the game went on Monday you know uh J.J. McCarthy I think it depends on how how they do next Monday in the national title game there's a scenario where you can see those two guys and Shadir Sanders as your 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 top guys going into the year for the draft whether any of them's elite you know We'll see what happens. Um, but I don't think anything happens with quarterback this year. I think it's a 2025 scenario or situation. Most likely. Unless, like I said, they're in love with someone and somehow he magically falls to us. I don't think we're making a move for a quarterback for sure. Yeah, and look, you know, you and I have talked about it. I think our ideal scenario for the draft would be to load up on as many picks as possible and start bringing in some young, cheap talent. You know, it's a philosophy that the Saints have always shied away from. They've always gone with the, hey, let's go ahead. The less is more. Like, let's trade up and go get our guy and burn future capital. And that, like, has always driven me crazy as a big draft fan. Like, I would love to have 10, 11, 12 picks, you know, a bunch of day two and day three picks and just be loading up, you know. And, it like, if I were going to do a reset, you know, let's just say for argument's sake – DA comes back 2024, the team misses the playoffs again. I think at that point, you know, Kamara, um, Cam Jordan, DeMario, all those guys who are a year older, contracts are, you can't keep them at those contracts. That's the year where I'm starting to trade off assets. Like, I'm, I'm loading up on, on uh, mid-round picks, you know, as much as possible. Obviously, you'd like to keep the, the, the true young core of your team intact so you could do a, 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 a softer rebuild you know, like the Packers did that you just outlined. You know, obviously that's the ideal, but sometimes that's not always possible. You know, we have to get the cap reset. You got to think at some point Loomis is going to want to step down. I mean, there's rumors floating around that um, if the Broncos uh, GM gets fired, then the uh, uh, Peyton would go ahead and pull Ireland over there to be the GM. So that takes away that one of the, you know, one of the quote unquote successors. In that would house. suck for us. That would suck, I think. I mean, would it? We haven't drafted well lately. Uh, that's true. I Last... mean, the, the track record, look, there's 2017, which is amazing. It's an all-time draft, but what the fuck have we done since? 
There's been a few, you know, there's some hits in there, there's but there's some, some big misses, there's man. Some, yeah, but I also, you know, I don't know how, we don't know who's pulling the trigger on. We don't, on, we don't. On things like trading all those picks to get one pick, because originally Ireland early on was a big proponent of not trading up. He was, he said he, as much in an interview that he doesn't want to trade up, but that's always been Loomis's thing. Loomis loves trading up. He's done it since he got here, even before Drew. We traded up all the time. Jonathan Sullivan, oh, Mark Ingram, Brandon Cooks, Chris Olave. We just we loved Davenport. We love packaging picks to go get somebody we fall in love with. When, uh, to my understanding, early on that was not something Ireland believes in. Um, so you wonder who's making those calls, and and I, I wouldn't say you know Olave is not a miss at the pick. So we we can't say we got nothing. I don't think. And then no, he's not a miss. He's Adebo, a good player. Adebo's a massive hit. Alante Taylor is a hit for where he's drafted. Uh, there's players. Uh, it has not been perfect. We know that. We haven't hit the star since 2017. Yeah, we've hit really good players in the mid rounds and made a bunch of first round mistakes. And that's a problem, though. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> if you're going to whiff on the first round, you got to hit on those mid rounds. Like look at the Rams. The Rams obviously haven't. They haven't had a first round pick in seven years. But they've hit on mid-round picks. You know, you go back to Cooper Cup being a prime example. Puka Nakua being another, a, a more recent example. You know, the linebacker, I can't remember his name. Uh, Kyron Williams, the running back. Like, they're hitting on these mid to late uh, round picks, you know, the, the day three guys. And, you know, that's where you, that's where you, you, the depth of your team is built. Yeah, I agree. And, but I think we've done that okay. I think it's been the, the early no, we, picks. We, that we, we've done okay. But the problem is we just don't have that many swings at it. You know what I mean? Because right. we always end up with That's like, the problem. Right, we need more picks. We're not terrible at picking. I think we're terrible at capital management on the draft. Like when you get an Adebo, Elante Taylor, Granderson. Um, Granderson was un, undrafted, I believe. Undrafted. Huh? Yeah. So was Shahid. But th- but this still yeah. is identifying talent, right? Um and then you have, uh, you know, Pete Warner's a second-round pick. Um, he took a step back this year, though. I don't I, think he's as bad as he's been portrayed. Uh, I don't know where his numbers are at, but uh, I agree. I thought he was going to make a leap. He did not make a leap. I don't this know is, what, his done. third year? Yeah. He you got to re-sign him after next year? Yeah, I'd re-sign him. Um, not for big money, but I, I'd re-sign him. I mean, good money, not elite money. Um, but to get those type of pieces, you know, the big miss, obviously, misses are Peyton Turner because he can't stay on the field in the last five years only I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. That was a huge miss. And Penning. If 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 one Davenport. of those two – That was previous to five years. That was 16. 2018? I thought it was 16. Uh-uh, 2018. 18, you're right. Okay. So he's in the five-year window. But, again, that's another trade-up where we gave up double for one guy, which I'm all against. And I don't know where Ireland stands, but – you know. I'm sick that, that everyone thought it was going to be Lamar Jackson when we traded up. Like, it's just sickening to think about that now. Yeah, but, uh, you know, it's it's what it is. That was a terrible trade-up, period. Uh, <laughs> but either way, I think we've been okay at identifying talent after the first round. Um, Alave's been a good pick, and Ruiz has been an average pick. Obviously, Davenport, Turner, and Penning, horrible. Um so that's what you get. But you also gave up extra picks to get some of those guys, and that's what really kills you. So yeah. you can afford a miss, you gotta, but you got to hit on other ones. And, you know, that's been our MO over the last five years is screwing that up. Yeah, so Peyton Turner's going into, what, year four? He's virtually done nothing. You can't um, fifth your option him. So if he you, has a good year, then you have the decision. Yeah. And then you got um, Penning. I mean, my God. I To me – 
try him at right tackle. You know, once we get to, to the offseason, you know, take a look at, at Ramchak and say, hey, maybe we can get Penning and, and maybe he's more natural on the right side. I don't know. Maybe you try him at guard and he turns into the next Robert Gallery. You know, you remember that one. Yeah. He was supposed us. to be a stud yeah. left tackle, and then all of a sudden he couldn't play tackle in the NFL. They moved him to guard, and all of a sudden he became a good guard. So, I don't know. Maybe maybe Penning. It's his first full season. In the, I'm not going to give up on him. But you can't give up on him it's yet. It's pretty bad if you can't even get on the field as your eighth and ninth lineman. For the yeah, year. like when our backup right tackle, who's a sixth or seventh round pick, Landon Young, was starting – and then he gets hurt, and then a free agent off the street who's like 32, 33, and former first-round pick, Cam Irving, to be fair. But when he's coming in over pinning, I mean, man, that's – Yeah, he's got a lot to learn, so hopefully he can. I don't know. Yeah, so – well, I mean, I think that was a pretty good start to this, this sort of topic. I mean, this will continue to, to the off season. You know, we'll start talking about – Future scenarios, where we are, I guess, how our moves are going to impact the future. You know, this one was more, I guess, a broad overview, but we'll get we'll get more in depth on some of it as we get into the off season and actual moves start to happen. But do uh, you have any closing thoughts? Nope, that's it. I just think we needed to get some of that out as far as you know where these people come. Uh, you know, as far as where they rank in the league and yeah. the kind of production we're getting. And a lot of things you think we're overpaying for, we're actually okay. And a lot of the players we love are the ones that are actually underperforming their contract. Yeah, I, it was eye-opening doing the, the exercise with Olave. You know, I think if uh, if people would, would look at it from that perspective, I think that would really open some eyes. And then the Derek Carr contract, you know, from the from the way you painted it, and it's – you know, we should we need to understand that it is actually a very fair contract for the production that we are receiving. Obviously, he need, he needs to perform better going forward, but the reality is, it's a fair contract. It wasn't a terrible front office move, in right? Is the reality? Yeah, and look, all of us were happy when we got him because we we were in the the Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston, Trevor Simeon abyss of the last year and a half, two years. So. Yeah, but uh, with that being said, that'll wrap up this episode. We'll be back next week. We think Corey will be back. Who knows? Maybe he's going to be on a permanent honeymoon. Either way. Lost him to Greece. Shout shout out to Corey and Lizzie, and we'll catch you guys next week. Who dat?